Going on a climbing trip can be a transformative experience. Whether you're revisiting a place after a few years or venturing to somewhere entirely new, you are bound to learn something that will help you become a better climber. Recently, Caitlin and I returned from a bouldering trip to Bishop, California, and boy did we learn a lot about our nutrition, the way we trained, our tactics, all of it. And we're sharing the lessons we learned with you. So sit back and get ready to learn from our mistakes. You're listening to The Average Climber Podcast. So Lauren, did you buy your Black Friday or Cyber Monday haul that you told me about? Um, no. <laughs> like my screenshot of the things I wanted to buy and I introduced it by saying, hey, look at what I could buy with $170. And I said, look at all this esoteric jewelry. And he was like, why do we need this? And I was like, I opened with, look at all this esoteric jewelry. What other reason do you need? (laughs) I opened with, obviously, I don't need this. But do I want earrings with UFOs on them and a ring with a dagger? Sure do. Sure fucking do. So maybe (laughs) Santa... Maybe Santa will hook it up, but we shall see. So, yeah. <laughs> Do an Alexis Rose wink. Like, yes. Nobody can see me in, in the video, but. <laughs> uh, amazing. Amazing. Well, Caitlin, I am excited to share with you a fun fact that I adjacently learned because of our trip to Bishop. Oh, okay. I'm ready. Yes. Let's hear it. Okay, so if you might recall, one of the days we were in Bishop, we took a rest day and we window shopped around Bishop for like three hours, which is pretty impressive because it's not (laughs) one street. (laughs) It's it's just the one street. Um, (laughs) Correct. But I bought my nephews a lot of books. Mm -hmm. I was uh, there. They were great. They're great books. I self-servingly bought them a lot of books about stuff I like because (laughs) I am that aunt. But also I think they're things my nephews were like too. And one of the books was tight. We're getting there. We're getting to the fun fact. There's a lot of backstory here. I'm doing one of those recipe blog posts with the podcast. Sorry, everyone. Okay, now you're on like page six trying to get to the chocolate cake recipe. Sorry. And then the third ad is loading. Well, And then the third ad's loading. Yes, correct, correct. Um, But we're getting there. So I bought... I bought my nephew a book called Good Night Dinosaurs. <laughs> and he, and there in that book, I learned about a new dinosaur that is horrifying looking. And it's called a Therizinosaurus, <laughs> which like a, sounds a like a, a drug addict to me, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And I don't know if Therizine is a real thing, but it does sound Taurus. dangerous. Um, and it's horrifying. Because it has <gasps> like... Oh, I hate that. That is what <gasps> nightmares are made of. It really is. It's like an Edward Scissorhand dinosaur. And you know what? To figure out what <sighs> this dinosaur was, I couldn't remember exactly what was in the book. So I had to Google Edward Scissorhand's dinosaur. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they have these three horrifying claws. Uh, they can weigh up to 11,000 pounds. Oh, no. I don't know what that is in metric, but it's a shit ton. Yeah, no matter what. No matter what. And it fortunately it lived seventy two point one million years ago. It was the first okay, area great. of the fossil um, record. It, but yeah, it's really scary. 
it looks like a potato with a long neck and <laughs> Edward Scissorhands, if you're wondering. <laughs> it's like a really horrifying like edition of Dinosaur Mr. Potato Head. That's what you're saying? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Precisely. So it just has um, these three really long claws and it's not great. And oh, they put it in a kid's oh. book. It says six tons and it's as heavy and as large as a T-Rex. That's a big no for me. Yeah. Yep. It is definitely, uh, its pass. claws are doing a lot more than a T-Rex's claws, <laughs> Yeah, I imagine. Facts. Yeah. These are like, yeah, this dinosaur's got like Cardi B nails is basically what's <laughs> happening. So there you have it. All right, Caitlin, okay. should we tell them where they are? Um, hi, hello, this is the Average Climber podcast where you learn a useless thing and then maybe some more useful things <laughs> after that i'm lauren i'm a climbing coach and a certified personal trainer and this is caitlin caitlin would you like to introduce yourself my name's caitlin i am a certified nutrition specialist for climbers perfect so if you're a rock climber and you're here you you're in the right spot that's good you job arrived. thank yes. you yes <laughs> <laughs> oh and we just hit 50,000 downloads we last did. week, which I think is worth shouting out because y'all are amazing. Thank you so much for your support and, you know, continuing to listen in when we're really weird. <laughs> yeah, it's truly, it's truly bonkers that we... <laughs> That you I keep just, coming back. That you keep coming back. <laughs> that somehow people are listening to me talk to my friend about stuff. Um, <laughs> like a lot of you, actually. Yeah. Um, also, while we're talking about this, I am told that the podcast gods of the internet make your podcast show up for more people if it has reviews. So no matter how you yep. feel about this podcast, if you would go leave us a review, hopefully a nice one. Um, you probably, I mean, if you want to go rip us apart, we'd love constructive feedback. Be nice. Be nice and constructive. Be nice <laughs> and constructive, but also just tell us we're awesome. Whatever. But go leave a review because that is helpful and it makes our podcast more visible to other rock Build climbers. Our SEO. Build our SEO for us. I don't know how to do that. I guess sort of. But anyways, you know, help. That would be helpful. Um, and we do have a Patreon page where you can give us money to keep talking to you in a nutshell. So we'll have links to all of that in the show notes. But yeah, leave us a review. I can't believe we've hit 50,000 downloads. I know. Truly insane. Um, and to celebrate that, we're doing another episode like we do basically every week. But Caitlin, do you want to tell them what this week's episode is all about? Sure do. So last week, if y'all didn't know, uh, Lauren and I were in Bishop together and we were wrestling some pebbles and we learned a lot and grew a lot. And uh, uh, I threw shoes once, but here we are. And we want to share our top three lessons learned that we took from from Bishop. Is that yeah. in, a, in a nutshell? What's going on? <laughs> I think that was also the, this was my first official bouldering trip as a person identifying as someone that cares about bouldering. <laughs> like I've definitely gone on short bouldering trips where I'm like, I truly don't give a fuck about this. Sport yep. climbing is the only sport. But now I, I, I've become a self-identified, uh, I'm, I'm bouldering now. I'm Just not going to be skiing much this winter. So I'm going to be 
I'm going to be a boulderer. And it was my first bouldering trip where I actually like kind of cared. Uh, so I learned a lot. Yeah. I tr- yeah. Like I always try, but I never like give a shit. So this time I tried and, and like, gave cared. A and yeah. gave a shit. And so you crushed. Was- you did so well on Aww, that trip. Thank you. Like, you. Literally, I was like, okay, you're you're going to do fine in bouldering. <laughs> I know. I was actually like, okay, well, we can we can get into it. But I genuinely was before we get into the things we learned, Caitlin, what was okay, I'm totally going coach mode right now, but like <laughs> what was did anything surprise you on this trip? Um I guess what surprised me most is that things felt different in a way that I wasn't expecting. So for example, some things felt better than they did the last time I was in Bishop about four years ago. And then some things felt worse. And that was kind of a surprise to be like, hmm, didn't expect that. I didn't realize it had been four years since you'd been to Bishop. Yeah, almost. It would be four years as of March 2023. So almost there but yeah it's been a really long time so it was strange to get back on boulders that I had either you know thought maybe were out of my league and they went okay and then some of the like quote easier climbs felt like a completely different climb (laughs) it's like whoa (laughs) yeah and a lot can change in four years and also Mm -hmm. memory is a fickle thing where you might yeah, the the longer it goes, the more your memory deteriorates. Yeah. I've been listening to a lot of true crime podcasts <laughs> lately about like old ass cold cases, and then it's always like some guy being like, "I don't know, reporter lady, it's been like thirty years since I that happened. Remember. I don't really remember." And then the reporter's like, "It's very hard to do a cold case because no one fucking remembers shit because it was <laughs> a long time ago." And then everyone's like, "This sucks." Anyways, so that's how that goes a lot of the times. Um, <laughs> So that's where I'm at. But yeah, so memory is a fickle thing is what I'm trying to say. Well, interesting. Cool. Well, so Caitlin and I have each come up with three three lessons we have learned. Um, I'm going to go in order of what I think is the most important or the least important to most important. I think they're all important, but I wanted to give some order to it. Um, so I'll try to follow up with my profoundness scale ranking <laughs> yes it really is profound it's, 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 these are ranked in order of profoundness so yes I before we dive in I just wanted to say too that so I had a 14 hour drive home and <laughs> while that's um charming for some I hate being in a car but also I for the first like two and a half hours was just like talking nonstop because I'd had two coffees that day and <laughs> Ryan was just sitting there like, oh my God, I'm just trying to focus on the road and I'm just like cheap, 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 cheap. But just all about like, I learned this and I did that and then this was crazy and this is what I want to do next. He's like, don't you have a podcast for this reason? <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Here we are. <laughs> sharing great. the cheaps with you. <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. No, I'm excited. I'm trying to th- – what did I – Oh my God. I on our car ride back. So we got, all right, this is a brief detour before we get into this. (laughs) So there's like a new book that me, Mike, and our producer, Josh, wanted to listen to. 
and the Ohio State game was going on, and I don't want to talk about it, but net net, yeah, I'm like, we won't talk about we it. We won't but... talk about it um, because <laughs> I don't want to cry again. So <laughs> I didn't cry, but I was damn close. So, anyways, Mike and Josh are like doing that while I'm like, my dad actually no, this is hilarious because I'm in the middle of the desert, so I can't actually watch the games, and I like the internet's barely working. The only access I have to what's happening with the football game is my dad texting me. So my dad is literally giving me a play-by-play, like live tweeting the game to me per my request. He does an excellent job but so i'm just like (laughs) refreshing my text messages like in a panic and then i miss like three hours of the book so i basically had to just like pass out for a lot of the ride because mike and josh were like the book's getting too good we're going on without you and i'm like i'm sad about this game and then i made a bed out of like three different puppy puffies and fell asleep so that was my drive okay to the lesson good times great times thanks to shout out my dad he was very good live (laughs) tweeter of what was going on my dad also live tweeted the game but from a different (laughs) perspective so yeah we're not gonna talk about it (laughs) that's where it ends now it ends now get nasty yeah uh oh my god uh, yeah no this is we're not doing this okay all right caitlin what was the what was your your okay we'll go in three two one order so what is your okay. number three lesson that you learned okay from bishop i would say my number three lesson is actually nutrition related and i realized that <laughs> Surprise, nutritionist realizing that nutrition matters. Um, In a nutshell, that's what happened. But dialing in my nutrition strategy beforehand and then having a game plan each day where I was like, okay, at this time I'm going to break and then at this time I'm going to have this and then I'm going to do this here, like saved me. It totally made this trip my best fueling trip ever because I didn't crash in the afternoon like I usually do. I felt really energized except for that one day I forgot to eat lunch and then had to eat three packages of gummy bears. So that's a different story. Um, But I felt like that saved me in a way that I like, you know, I know that these things work, but it was interesting to see how well it worked when I really like nailed down what I was going to do based on how much we were hiking and how much we weren't hiking or what I was projecting that day. I also didn't go balls to the wall on every single climb we went to and I was really serious about prioritizing my rest. So Mm, that made a huge difference. (laughs) Wait, okay. I want to ask you a question about this. Yeah. So how do you like how did you plan like like did you just like set a time for when you were gonna like stop to eat lunch or like eat a snack like what how did you do that like what did that look like in your head ahead of time because I think mm-hmm. that is like a gaping black <laughs> hole that I'm missing from my own strategy like I can get the snacks in the bag yep. but then when it comes to in the mouth consuming them like that's a different like I thought just getting them there would like you know and then I'll just intuitively eat when I need to and everything will be perfect because I'm fine tune with my no, no not how it works at least for me not there yet not there yet. Not reached that <laughs> level of enlightenment yet. So what does that look like for you in your head when you're like yeah. – Yeah. So for me, I'll, I guess I'll compare this to what I've done in the past. In the past, I would have all my food with me. But like you said, my like send brain, like projecting mode, I'm not hungry because I'm working out. I – would rarely grab like substantial food during mm-hmm. sessions. Like I would obviously grab like gummies and quick things like that that are yummy, but it wasn't mm-hmm. ever anything substantial. So what I did this time 
I kind of did something that I had recently been, I mean, this is something I recommend most of the time to people, but I had had a conversation with a client about how they can bring some consistency to like long-term van lifing and, you Mm -hmm. know, climbing a lot of days and trying to figure out how to fuel for, you know, maybe something that's a little bit out of the norm. And what we did and what I did too during this trip is I tried to stay on a normal schedule. So by that, I mean, I had breakfast at a normal time. I had lunch at a normal time. And then dinner, of course, was normal too. So instead of being like, oh, it's three o'clock and I've eaten nothing but, uh, you know, three raisins. Oh, shit. I really prioritized those lunch times. And I actually based my climbing and like some of the snacks earlier in the day in those windows before or like in between meals. I based my climbing and those snacks around that time too. Cause I really only prioritized like maybe three climbs a day, if that. So I was able to space them out in a way that I think just made sense to that. Does that make sense? Maybe. Yeah. No, yeah. I think just, I think the idea of just like taking what you normally do and then do that more. It's really awesome. I'm also realizing that at this, okay, right now, one of my athletes was like, Lauren, it seems like you've lacked routine and stability for a few months. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. I certainly have. Um, weird. Definitely. Funny that you point that out. Weird. Uh. Yeah. Um, no, I just want, yeah, I just want routine and stability, but it just, I don't know. It eludes me because I'm moving to a new place like every month, but it's fine. Um, yep. But, oh my God. So, but I, she asked me that and I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, part of, I'll, I have a lesson that's nutrition related that sort of ties into this, but that is my number two lesson. So we won't get that, okay, okay. get to there yet. But yeah, I definitely think it's interesting that you bring up, like, do what you normally do and continue doing that. Cause I think some people do have that, but I'm thinking about it for mm-hmm. myself and I'm like, oh, I don't presently have a great handle about what I normally do anyway so but I really like that that's that's a super simple way to think about it that is kind of blowing my mind right now that I didn't really <laughs> consider I also work. did go like do have a three hour time zone change so it's all just like yeah kind of out of whack anyway but yeah that's really that's yeah, very I, interesting yeah I feel like it's easy to get out of the routine well especially time zones that's a different story but I definitely felt like keeping it as standard process as possible and then having you know the snacks kind of like around my climbing time mm-hmm. was really helpful so yeah yeah it was nice. a good one well That's what's a good your lesson yeah i i was <laughs> here we are learning new things every day um <laughs> what's your number three lauren Ooh, okay. This one's interesting because I feel like it's something I already know, but transitioning it to the scale of bouldering is kind of Mm. the new twist with it. So having a plan for the whole climb and not just cheaping out after what you think is the crux. And I actually saw this in a couple of different places where I would make a plan for what I thought was the crux, but not like fully flesh it out. And I think Mm -hmm why I maybe made this mistake is because okay in sport climbing you have like a whole ass route right right so there'll be parts where it's like 
after you hit this hold, you're like really done. And then mm-hmm. you like grab the next thing. It's really not that bad. And then it's over. So in my head, I almost <laughs> like, and that's not always true with sport climbs. You might like think it's over, but sometimes it really does go from like being really hard to like five, eight, and then it's done. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I think I'm like looking at these top outs and like the last hold before you pull it out. And I like flip to like, that's going to be five easy and I don't have to think about it after that. Mm, And there's like a little like gap in my planning for what happens (laughs) when I need to like get the thing to pull over the lip. Like honestly, just because I don't top at like I'm like my outdoor sport climbing experience like vastly outnumbers my outdoor Mm -hmm. bouldering experience just because of what I prioritized in my climbing. So I think there was this like gap in what I assumed I would have to make a game plan for. And that definitely caused me to not send things in quick as quickly and i'm actually one example um i uh one example i have is on solarium where and i think like you hyped up (laughs) this one move where you're like you gotta hit this like big big like right-handed like slap to a hold and then you look at like the holds above it and okay so what most people do is they like do this big stretched out right hand move Mm -hmm. then they just like slap one more hold up Yep. And then they're on a jug and it's like over. But if you're small and the big right hand move is the absolute extent of your reach, you have no extra room to bump. Uh, So I hit the crux move like four times. times. Like a thousand (laughs) times. It felt like a million times before I finally made like a real game plan for what needed to happen, which is literally like two more feet moves before it's over. But I just did it because I was like, if I hit the crux, it's over. But that's not true. And I know this, but it was good to have it highlighted elaborately. So I thought that was kind of an interesting observation I made. That's a good, I think that's a good example of a climb like that too. I don't know if anyone listening knows Solarium. It's pretty well known V4 in Bishop and it's on, I think on one of the Bishop bouldering covers. Yeah. One of them. It's a great rock climb. It was really fun. It's a great rock climb, but yeah, having not having that plan for the top is is actually so funny because coming from bouldering and then sport climbing when people are like oh yeah the top is like cake i'm like the top is never cake like the you're like what do you mean it's still never spice. and then sport climbing literally can be like no no once you hit this jug it's over it's actually and then it's like over glory <laughs> jugs to the top well so not always it, but yeah I, I yeah, hate yeah. Saying that, but like sometimes it really is like sometimes oh, no, if you can make it there <laughs> and then you pull to a standing rest then you climb literally five easy and then you hit yeah. it. obviously not every rock climb but that can sometimes happen where you look mm-hmm. at it and you're like that turns to easy so we're fine yeah but, yeah what do you think in terms of like because you're gonna boulder this year and you're gonna live with me and I'm gonna make you boulder with me. Oh, you don't even have to make me. I think I was so like I needed to change a pace and I'm very yeah. happy with my current pace winter time decisions. So nice. yeah. No, I'm psyched. But yeah, is that something you think, you know, did you learn how to kind of plan ahead after the crux or how did that shift? Or I guess even what I'm asking is how do you think it is different from sport climbing, if at all, for you? <laughs> I don't now at this point, I don't I think I just need to take the skill that I already have from sport climbing, Mm -hmm. which is like, if I need to really know what's going to happen at a certain point, I like have to make a plan for it. So what ended up happening on Solarium is like the attempt before I sent, I realized that I just like, wasn't 
I didn't know exactly where my feet were going to go and I didn't have a game plan. So right before I sent, I like walked up to the boulder, like stared at it really close. And then I like just chalk dotted a few things that I thought I would use. And then I ended up, (laughs) yes, although I don't want to call them full ticks because they were like little just like chalk dots because some people are really get really, um, I was gonna, I always brush my ticks. I'm not, we brush I them ask off. People, we Don't brush worry. them off or I was about to brush one off and someone was like, actually, can you leave that? I want it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, um, but you know, so I put my little chalk dots on and then I used those feet. So I think it's just a matter of like not getting frustrated and not assuming yeah. it's going to work out and just being like, no, like be detail oriented, have a mm-hmm. plan, stop thinking you're just going to do it and it's all going to come together, um, which is a lesson I already know from sport climbing. But I think it was good a good reminder relearn. that good to relearn and reapply in a new circumstance. So I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's a really good lesson learned. Yeah. And I think, okay, just tangentially, something that I watched, it was kind of interesting, you know, watching like different levels of climbers and all that running around Bishop. And something that I really noticed was I could super tell the difference between climbers who had like watched other people and really paid attention to what mm-hmm. people were doing on the boulder. And also I was very in tune with climbers who were not making any sort of plan about what they were going to do different or better the next time yeah. they got back on. Like I, not to throw shade at people, but I saw like a shit ton <laughs> of like very unintentional climbing. And I had to like hold myself back and be like, you're on vacation. You don't get not into a coach, coach mode right now. <laughs> but, you know, I did see a lot of that where I could definitely tell, you know, yeah. people being less than intentional with their attempts. And I felt like in general, I was really proud of how I was like, I'm going to try the beta this way. And then I would actually like try the, you know, I don't know. I just it was really fun mm-hmm. for me to like pr- it was a fun. I feel like it was fun to get to like problem solve more actively like that without the yeah. same level of hassle of like I gotta <laughs> tie back in and I gotta like dangle Get on this rope for a while to figure it out like I can up. be like yeah it was kind of yeah. nice to just like try to problem solve go sit for a little take my shoes off and then go back down and it was kind of yeah. fun to have that process be like a little more chill I guess so yeah, yeah bouldering's fun weird weird so strange <laughs> so that strange. this thing that I like to do is not mythical <laughs> no it's a good it's a good time but yeah I think that's my that's my my number one lesson. All right, what's your what's your lesson or my number three lesson? Number three lesson. What's your Wait. lesson number two? Number two is so if a climb doesn't go, you can still learn from it. And sort of as an aside, if it doesn't go earlier in the day, but you learn something from it, don't go back to it. Because you might start throwing your shoes. Didn't totally didn't happen to me at all. Oh my gosh. No, that's really funny. Okay, I feel like this kind of calls it was it's funny because I did the exact opposite, but it ended up like working out. But I yeah. think there's definitely something to be said for strategic quitting when it comes to certain things. Uh but I definitely agree with you. I think sometimes you can just feel like, you know what, I've learned what I needed to from this. And yeah. I can move on and I don't have to send it to learn from it. So yeah. I like that you realized that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really just banging my head against the wall, being like, why isn't it going? And then just realizing that I had already learned from it and felt so good on it. It felt better than it did years ago, even though I got to the same point and couldn't stick it. I just felt like, 
it was important for me to realize that I felt stronger on it. It felt intuitive. I tried new beta that I didn't think would work. Um, but I also tried to engage like other skills in my climbing to try and make it go. And it almost did. So I learned also that it's totally fine to chuff and it really doesn't matter. So yeah, and I would say <laughs> if you learned from it, you didn't chuff. So true, 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 true. Yeah. I sent in my mind. <laughs> yes. No, I have a, I have this was one of the first times, I think this was, yeah, this is one of the first times I ever bouldered outside. I was with, Chris, this was like many years ago before, long before I even had good spray, but I was like out, out bouldering with Chris Hampton in, uh, and it was at like the power company empowered event, whatever. Anyways, so I'm bouldering and, you know, it's like a slabby boulder and I'm not good at it, but I know I'm not good at it. So I like bang my head against the wall and I'm like, I'm going to learn from this boulder and I'm going to do it because <laughs> everyone else is fucking doing it. And I was having just so many problems. And then Chris comes back after I've just been like raging on this thing for an hour and he goes, Hey, did you learn from this? And I was like, Oh yeah, I learned like X and blah, 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 and I learned. Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you can probably move on. You're only here for a day. Like you don't have to say yeah. to learn from it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh. oh, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm not having that much fun." And then I went and flashed my first V4. So, so whatever. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, turns out when it's not slab and it's like overhanging jugs, I'm good at it." Yeah. Weird. I Sometimes didn't do this to me. It be what it do. That's yep. just the moral of that story. <laughs> it's fine. So yeah, I don't know. It was really funny, but I think that's a super important lesson that like if you feel like you learned from it it's okay to move on without sending it. Like you might yeah. learn a little bit more if you do end up sending it, but mm -hmm. the amount more you kind of have to weigh the pros and cons, you know, with the time you have and how yeah. much emotional energy you have too. So yeah. Like I wish I had just kind of stopped when, <laughs> when I knew it was the end of the day, but I didn't. And it is what it is. Like I don't, I don't care about it now. Um, but also I wanted to tell you that you giving me that cookie, like totally changed my day. And I was like, oh yeah, this is great. I don't care. <laughs> you just needed a cookie. Oh, it was amazing. like, I had a cookie and I threw a tiny stick and I was like, okay, we can leave now. Great. Yeah, we're good. It's fine. So yeah, well, that's great. It is what it is. You love to see it. Hell yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Number two for you. Yeah, number two for me. Okay, so this one kind of similar ties into what you said um, in your first one. But I, I, my lesson I learned is that I need to eat before I'm famished and mm. bring more food than I think. Um, mm. I want to roll. <laughs> I want everyone to pause and then roll. Rewind. The pause. Rewind. Um, we're gonna roll the tape back to day one, where. <laughs> In the afternoon, we were going to go to um, Seven Spanish Angels, which is like this very sweet blobby V6. If you are familiar with the corn kid, I described this boulder as a big lump of knobs, to which some <laughs> people did not get the joke. But if you know, you know. Um, but anyways, it's a super cool rock climb. Would love to go back and do it someday. But in any case, we were going to go to it. And I'm like looking at Caitlin and I'm like, Caitlin, 
I'm so tired. And this was also after I had literally passed out on a crash pad with like my blanket over me. People didn't know I was a person. They just thought I was a pile of stuff. <laughs> just a pile of and I was knobs. Pile, yeah, I was a big lump of knobs too. I was just <laughs> passed out, like not okay, just full blood sugar dip. And I was like, I need to go home right now. Like, I was like, I'm not going to another rock climb. You're crazy. And then, you know, I'm like eating. And I'm also next to Emily, who is at the Outdoor Nutritionist on Instagram. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Emily, why is why it be like this? She was like, you probably waited too long to eat. And now your body <laughs> has to catch up. And then I like, you know, ate a bunch of food, but I still felt like shit. And then it's like an hour later. And I was like, I still don't feel good. And yeah. you, Caitlin, you were like, you should just come look at the boulder. You don't have to climb on it, but you should come look at it. And then I get there. And then finally, however many hours later, my body finally is using the food I ate. And I feel normal. And I go climbing. And it's fine. But yep. one, yep. I almost like gave up on the day because I felt so, like just uh. literally so low blood sugar. And then two, I was like, oh my god, what a stupid thing to happen on such a short trip. <laughs> like I would have felt like an idiot if I didn't go get on that boulder. It was so fun. But it, yeah, just just not eating enough soon enough is like a really dumb reason to lose out like a whole lose out on a whole afternoon of climbing on something sweet so i'm glad you one i'm glad caitlin had an extra cliff bar (laughs) that was big um and two yeah it became very apparent like i'm kind of glad i made that mistake on day one because i definitely like remembered that and how i almost missed out on really cool rock climbing because i didn't eat soon enough and i was like oh we are not doing that again on this trip yep so going in yeah yes so yeah that was like really glaringly obvious example like when people are like i don't know if nutrition matters and i'm like do you want to miss out on really like a full day of classic ass rock climbing because you didn't bring enough snacks because that's stupid yeah (laughs) like literally (laughs) the big dumb of the day yeah it but it happens right like i think we get really stoked or we're like we're in send mode or projecting mode and it's like I'll eat later and I'm like I'm just gonna give this a burn and then I'll eat and then, you're and like, then 12 burns all- later and you're like yeah. oh now I'm starving and cranky and yeah I- and now I'm gonna pass out and young children are gonna come yelling around me as oh I'm my napping. god Or, oh my gosh, the guy that was so loud and also just stomping his dirty ass shoes on the crash pads and I was like Am I starving or is he really fucking annoying? <laughs> I don't know. But I was like, why are you walking on someone else's pads and being loud while I'm this hungry and also or not sending? People with their like muddy ass shoes on climbs, like slick foot ascent. Oh, yeah, I'm I just hate like that. stop, 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 stop. I hate that stop. shit more I'm than like, anything. Why are you? I'm like, geez, were you raised in a barn? It was wild. Probably. It's Maybe. possible, uh, it's but possible. I love that. I think like it's a good thing to learn too, and I feel like, especially if you've been sport climbing a lot, and then you're going to bouldering, I feel like it's surprising like how much time you do have to eat, but also how easy it is to kind of push it to the side. So, ooh, oh, ooh, interesting, interesting observation because I feel like with sport climbing, you're kind of like your day has like a little more structure as to when you're climbing and not just because you're like you're like i'm on the climb i'm not on the climb i'm gonna do this we know whatever it's just very like your blocks of time for being on route belaying and not rock climbing are a lot more like discreet and obvious versus Mm -hmm. bouldering where it's like we're just laying out the pads and like put your shoes on and party if you want to kind of thing exactly i feel like that also might be contributing to like a transition i'll have to make with my outdoor eating because i feel like yeah that's a really good point because with sport climbing i'll kind of know i'm like 
when it's time to eat like a break will make sense because you kind of have to figure that yeah. out with belaying whatever but that's not as yeah. much as well, a plus, thing with bouldering. you're on the wall what for like 20 plus minutes so if you're on a wall bouldering you're free soloing if it goes more than 20 minutes <laughs> like, <laughs> like what are you doing <laughs> or you're really camped out yeah on something <laughs> like panic panic shaking elvis leg on the top out but or you're just me standing on the top of the <laughs> Boulder and the buttermilk's going, wow, I don't love looking at this down clock. <laughs> so that, that could be a reason why you'd be on a boulder for 20 minutes. Like, I'm going to wait until Having someone installs a slide up here. An I existential still... crisis up on the boulder. Yeah, yeah, that was me year one at the Tut Boulder. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was so dramatic and all I, these people were like oh you'll be fine i'm like you don't know that you don't I'm know like, me at I all might, i might scrape my whole face off sliding down <laughs> this but i did yeah i did figure that yeah it's just me doing down climbs it's great cool well yeah i think those are we have we have one more lesson each to cover after the break so let's take a little break and then we'll get back to it It's 11.14 p.m. Your innocent Google search for climbing training started two hours ago. And what started as a quick search to learn how to get better has turned into an odyssey of epic proportions. Because the first article you read seemed great, but it didn't agree with the next one. Or the next one. You're growing wary and confused. Every coach has a different name for everything. The terms are elaborate, designed for despair. Power endurance, strength endurance, drag grip, crimp grip. I mean, what is all this shit? And should you start using a hangboard? Because no one seems to agree on that either. And somehow it seems your innocent desire to improve your training will require blood and sweat and doing something torturous every night of the week. And why are there so many ab workouts to do when you just wanted to go rock climbing anyway? It's madness pure madness and here you are spending time making 1000 little confusing decisions instead of getting anything done but perhaps there is another way if you're ready to stop the madness and get a training plan that actually works for you and your schedule then check out crush it there's one for boulders and one for sport climbers and these self-guided training plans allow you to tailor your training to your schedule and goals no madness required. Head on over to the show notes to learn more about the Crush It programs and start training today. And we're back. <laughs> Are back. All right, Caitlin, let's let's get into it. What is your biggest lesson you learned this year? All right, my most profound moment in Bishop. <laughs> uh, this one actually kind of surprised me because it seems so obvious, but I was not the one who realized it. Um, <laughs> so I've been training a lot and I feel very strong. My fingers feel bulletproof and I just feel really good. And like I was progressing really well in training, but you know what I didn't do? I didn't really climb enough before I left for this trip 
despite feeling strong, I hadn't really been climbing because I went to a conference, I got sick, and then my family came. And that eats up a month and a half before going to Bishop. And I felt like a noodle on the rock. And my husband was like, well, yeah, you're strong, but you just haven't had a chance to climb. And I was like, oh, wait, did you? So like how often were you climbing like at all? Like how much did you climb in that like four to six week period leading up to the trip? Probably... I am sad to say maybe, maybe four times. Whoa. And were you like strength training instead of that or you just feel like you had, oh. Yeah. So I was doing. (laughs) I know. I'm like, as soon as Ryan said it, I was like, oh, I'm really, that was dumb. But I was so in tune with my schedule. I had my training buddy, shout out Kat, and <laughs> we we would train on Mondays. We would do uh, strength – no, we would do fingers and uh, some pull-ups and like some other stuff too. And on Wednesdays, we were pink. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Wednesdays, we did like a full body strength training workout. And then Saturday was like the day to go outside and climb – But because I was away so much and because I got sick and because family was visiting, that outdoor day really didn't happen. And then maybe the two weeks before we left, I climbed for like 30 minutes on our home wall. But I was so exhausted from everything going on that I just didn't prioritize it. And I – So it's basically like you – like you had intended to climb more and you yeah. had your like training buddy day with cat, but then the rest of the actual climbing kind of fell away. Exactly. Because- so I was like, I was holding these like start holds that maybe felt bad before or like the crux move of climbs that felt tough in the past didn't. And I was like, Oh, it feels so good. But then it was like the movement and the skill in my body just like wasn't happening. And I was so confused because I was like, I've been training so hard and I feel so strong. Why is it like weirdly not going? And then, oh, I'm not, I didn't really climb all that much to prepare for climbing movement and like the, you know, the connection between your feet and holding tension and like, you know, okay, locking off on this one move and like doing this awkward like <laughs> step through. It just like was mind blowing to me to be like, oh, I just didn't climb enough. And that's a really easy fix. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would you, I guess, all right. If you don't mind me, I think you wouldn't admit it as a mistake if you didn't mind me picking at it. But no, if you pick, would, pick at me. <laughs> okay. Yes. So for anyone, um, you, Caitlin, you are not the first person who has told me something similar Mm. so and I think you know we get very excited about strength and then I don't think you necessarily (laughs) like intended to not rock climbing I don't think you you didn't set out going I'm just gonna hangboard and not do any rock climbing to get ready to rock climb like I I don't think that was your intention I think just like shit happened and then whatever but for anyone listening um if I you know if you hit me up for like a four or six week prep block for a trip we would like Generally speaking, I want athletes to be primarily focused on rock climbing and not on strength training, but especially before a trip, 
we are going to try to make your training look as much like what you're going to be doing on the climbing trip as possible. So like a few things that are kind of, yeah, I'll just give like a quick spiel, but a few things that I probably, you know, wouldn't quote normally do for athletes that I make sure that we kind of get at if we're preparing for, especially a week long climbing trip where you just want to be able to climb a lot. Like usually for an athlete like that, we're going to try to climb like a lot and I'm going to want you to try to climb like hard two days in a row we're going to do stuff in the gym where i'm trying to get you to like practice tactics you're gonna need to use outdoors like we're gonna basically usually with athletes too like if we're getting into a phase where we're specifically prepping like four weeks before a trip outside or like as we blend into caring more about outdoor season usually i kind of like tell them to be like strength it goes way to the back burner and we want to strength train you know assuming let's say it's a 12-week training block where like the first eight weeks we're getting our strength training done like once maybe mm-hmm. even twice a week depending on the athlete once we're in that like prep mode we kind of put strength on the back burner and then i might say like hey for a lot of my athletes that are in season i'm like i want you to get strength training done like every 10 to 14 days but otherwise i don't care we need to get you rock climbing to prepare you for what we're about to do so caitlin so, now you know good lesson learned you're saying everything i did was exactly what not to do cool <laughs> Love it. Hey, getting Love a cold skin. also just screws everything up. Uh, I was just kind of looking back to my own head cold. I was like, oh, mm. like I was not fully back for like three weeks. Like yeah. it was, it's rough. So no, I told like when head cold family, like just shit happens, but now you know. And then another thing to keep in mind too, just kind of as you like look if, and this is for anyone going on a short trip, especially if it's somewhere you haven't been in a very long time, like it takes And y'all, I'm saying this as someone that used to be able to like max have a week long climbing trip, right? And I would hate when people would say this, but you know, now that I've been on both sides of the coin where I can stay somewhere for six weeks and actually get used to the style or I can't, I think I'm a lot less harsh with myself about what happens on a one week long trip because usually Mm -hmm. for me, it takes me like, especially if it's somewhere new, it takes me like two weeks to really feel like I actually get it especially if it's something I'm not used to. So I don't really like, like coming off of this trip, I'm like, okay, just transparency. Like the hardest thing I sent was a V4, but also some V4s or whatever. I don't like, I, but I'm like, it's the first week. Like usually I do a lot better after I can get used to an area and actually climb like closer to what my limit is or whatever. But I couldn't do that on this trip because it's a week long. So anyways, just something to keep in mind that if you're like, judging yourself really harshly about your performance on like a one week long climbing trip, like keep, especially if it's somewhere new, like keep in Mm -hmm. mind, like you might, I know it's annoying, but like, it might not be a reflection of how well prepared you were. It might just be a reflection of like, in reality, you might've needed more time and you kind of just got to like work with the time you have. So I know that's annoying because we can't all go on like a bajillion week climbing trips. Um, So you got to make the one week trip work and it's good to, you know, but just don't, overly beat yourself up about it because mm-hmm. sometimes that's just the way it is but yeah well, Caitlin now you know <laughs> now I know and we're going to Waco in January so I am definitely changing what I'm doing <laughs> and the first thing I did on Monday for my quote training day was climb I was like got Good. gotta yeah. climb I also simulated sucker punch on our home wall. Oh, lovely. Because I felt like that probably should have gone, but it just didn't. You were and super close. Yeah. Like you did I a just... great job for like a one session effort. Also, we got to get some pictures up on the gram of 
there's like I did not try this rock climb because I watched Caitlin in what was a basically a full fucking split heel hook and she described <laughs> the movement as easy and I was like actually what the fuck <laughs> the whole beginning it was so my style but I yeah I don't know that was like the last day of course I'm feeling like more familiar with the rock and we had been climbing a bunch and I'm like I got this but that's just yeah yeah the way no, it goes but that, that climb was bonkers good job that was <laughs> yeah thanks yes. so anyway Yep. Uh, lesson learned. I I will do better next. Yes. The next trip. Um, okay. What's your numero uno, Lauren? Okay. So my numero uno, um, and I don't think this will shock anyone, but it sort of rocked me a little bit. Grades are actually Stupid. really subjective. <laughs> I won't say that, but I did find it like fascinating because I think in sport climbing, like I've seen things where it's like graded a certain way and maybe I disagree with it by like a letter grade or two, but at least in my experience climbing in a lot of different climbing areas, I kind of think the grades like, and I won't overstate this, but I feel like they generally like kind of make sense to me. And then we're like romping around Bishop and, you know, I'm just getting whomped on certain things. And Caitlin's like... And you kept saying this. And I'm like, in my head, I was like, maybe for you, but like, this is not how I experience grades. Like, I don't know what's going on, but like, whatever. And Caitlin's always like, you just might like get fucked up on a V3 and do great on like a V7. And that's just what it is. And then you kept telling me stories about this happening to you. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, this is like, I I believed you, but I was also like, it just was like very hard for me to conceptualize because like, again, in sport climbing, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We might be like negotiating if it's like in D, A, or B, but like, you know, the vibes. The vibes are generally what they are. Yeah. Roll the tapes to, okay. I have, I've spent like, you know, it's day, my day. I don't know. I don't remember. I think it's like my day two climbing in Bishop. Day one, I like, can't send a v3 i've spent the morning getting like whomped on two different v4s that i like can't send one i think one v4 i think is truly hopeless um another one i'm very close on and then we go up to this different boulder and it looks like you know hard hard rock climbing clubs up there and i'm watching everyone do it and you know in my head i assumed that this boulder was like v10 and i had literally no business on it and then you know everyone's trying it and i'm like "Eh, fuck it it kind of looks kind of fun. The boulder yep. was actually graded V7 slash 8. Yep. Uh, I literally, like, hike the first half of it. Literally. Like, like the hiked it. The of cake I've ever seen in, in climbing. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's not like the, it's like kind of more of an enduro boulder, but it's not like the first half of it's like the obviously easy part. And then it gets right. like super hard after that. Like, yeah, usually there's a sort whatever. But I just like, What? I was, you were like, yeah, you might just do, like, I would say objectively, I did better on that boulder than some of the, like, easier boulders I'd climbed on. And that was, like, my first go up it. And I just, like, fucking hiked it. And I was like. You didn't even hike it. You literally, like, (laughs) strolled. It was a saunter up it. (laughs) And then I, like, fell once it got super stretchy and whatever. But, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was just very, like, I was like, I have more business on this boulder than I do some of the, quote, easier stuff I've climbed on. And that's when I was like, okay well, what the fuck? And I was like, well, maybe I should have been working on this all day because somehow this is going a lot better than some V3s. I I don't know. It's just very strange. I think yeah. I, I, 
did not believe you because I'm like having such a bad time on like quote moderates or whatever and then you're like no just try it and i was like i'm gonna suck like i'm gonna chop off this thing (laughs) there's no way i'm gonna even like make the first (laughs) moves and then i just like do do a lot of it like first try and i was like okay you are right like now all the times where you're like sometimes i can't do this thing because of some like height dependent bullshit and then sometimes this is really easy and i was like so now I don't know where I'm at. Like, obviously, the discussion of grades being subjective is like always going to be a thing. But I think like where I'm at with it, which is like still where I've always kind of been at with grades is that especially with bouldering, I'm kind of like, all right, like, I think it'll be nice to send something harder eventually. But there's also some like, quote, easier graded things that are really hard for me for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Because I'm shorter. <laughs> That's usually the reason. <laughs> and because I'm shorter and because a bitch needs to work on heel hooking. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I don't know. It's like kind of funny just realizing that having something be so in my face as an obvious like yeah. demonstration of how grades can be really subjective. And sometimes you just need to like kind of ignore it, get on what you think you'll learn from and what you like. And then, you know, sometimes you might get like a shiny new hard grade out of it. And sometimes you might not, but you'll still yeah. get to climb on some cool shit. So yeah, it was kind of just an interesting experience with having grades feel that mysterious to me and having it and- be, be like yeah. you're calling that a what excuse me yeah i've <laughs> i <sighs> there have been many times that i will just sit there and be really angry at my height and then i'm like no fuck the person who fa'd this because everybody else <laughs> after was like yeah 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 bro that's totally it and then it's like no this Literally for me is like a V8 and for you and like very new climbers who are tall, they can get away with it being a V3. So yeah, uh, this isn't to say that, you know, like we're not trying to start a tall climber versus short climber war here, but there were, yeah, sometimes it's just, it is really, it's very frustrating because I, yeah, I I have a lot of things I want to say about this, but I'm going to refrain because I get really angry about grades and like, you know, there will be a crimpy climb that is like a quote crimpy test piece and that feels easier to me than a V3. And it's like, okay, well, then I'm told the climb that is easiest for me, but is a hard grade for somebody else is easy for me because I'm small, but then they're (laughs) shitty. It can't be. It can't just be that I'm strong. Yeah, it's really like... But then I don't want to tell tall people it's just easy for them because they're tall. You know, it's just very sticky. And we can't trade bodies, so we can't fully have like other people's perspective in mind. But yeah, it's just, it's rough out there. Yeah, but especially when things are downgraded and I'm like, excuse me though, um, I would take the higher grade because I feel that I worked the whatever hard on it. it, It's, (laughs) yeah, I... I <laughs> hopefully this discussion does not offend anyone. If UFA climbs, great job. Thank you for your service. Um, but, but yeah, also, maybe when you're doing the grade, just like think about have what your shorty would BFF also weigh in. Yeah, yeah, weigh in. And if you're a stickler for grades and you're the old guard about it, just don't be. How about that? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I will say it was really funny. And like, this is what it is. There's going to be climbs where, you know, I'm at an advantage for whatever reason. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. it's a tired, it's a tired discussion, but it was yeah. hysterical. We're like me and Caitlin and our friend Kat are like sitting there <laughs> and we watch this group of college boys roll up <laughs> and I, to do this one move that is like a full span for me, I have to go like, I am, I have a very wide angle on my legs. Like if you look at a picture of you, you're like, that bitch is in the splits. Yeah. Like, I am in the splits split. on the wall. It is such a big move for me. It looks absurd, mm-hmm. like whatever. And then I watch just like really tall boys just kind of like stand in a really normal position. They have like some slack in their arms and then they just like casually dunk on it. And mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, I worked a whole session to figure out that move and I still have to figure out like, and you just reached it and you didn't look like you thought about it that much. And sometimes it just hurts. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it I just, just, I just need people to know that it hurts. <laughs> I need to be validated. Yeah. So, ah, uh, well, it so is. So it goes. But so I think it goes. That's such a good number one thing to learn. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. I don't think it's like necessarily in a bad way. Um, but it was just interesting to have something that glaring occur. And I yeah. thought it was fascinating. And now I believe I believe that grades are highly subjective. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Right on. Well, I think we can. Did you have a uh, a bonus lesson, Caitlin? <laughs> My bonus lesson is simply... If the climb doesn't go for whatever reason, take your tiny stick, <laughs> throw it, and then have a friend there to be like, shh, it's okay. Here's a cookie. Because <laughs> I hope my my little speech about my shitty moonboard problem made you feel better. <laughs> yes. Yep. Absolutely. Because, yeah, sometimes it's just the way it goes, and yeah. sometimes it doesn't sometimes it's go. It's just a rock climb. It's and a rock sometimes- climb. It doesn't it matter. Rocks. Also, yeah, it it really like climbing up a rock on the least like the worst way to get up it. The fact that that is what we do is pretty funny. So, here we are. Here <laughs> here we are. Cool. Well, I think we can we can wrap it up there. Caitlin, do you have anything you need to tell people about before we sign off? I have one thing coming up and Ooh. I will say that this is something I'm really excited about um, because back in the spring, I did a masterclass with Emily at The Outdoor Nutritionist. Uh, If you haven't heard of her yet, go look her up. She's amazing. But we did a masterclass on body composition. We called this Body Comp Pro, and we got such good feedback on it that we are making it into a four-week course. So it'll be a self-guided course and we're actually doing a little pre-sale starting December 5th. So uh, we'll start sharing a bit more information about this. Um, I know we're recording this before and the day that this comes out, you're like, it already is December 5th. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, through December 5th through December 16th, we have this pre-sale. You can get it Uh, get a pretty big discount on it. And then um, it'll actually launch in January. So 
that's what we got Fun. going on because there are a lot of ways to go about body composition. We want you to go about it safely and in a holistic way and understand when and when not to do it. So that is what we're there for. That's so. that's rad. Big oh, fun. Man. Lauren, what do you got going on? Okay, so at the time this episode the day this episode is being released, which is December first. Wait, first. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> oh wait, just kidding. Sorry, I'm a week ahead. <laughs> week ahead. Yes. So December first, um, the last day for my Black Friday deals are on December second. So I get I'm- it. I'm excited. So a lot of you uh, took me up on the 40% off discount, which was sweet. Thank you all so much for support. I'm so excited that you guys got your hand, you you humans, got your <laughs> hands on Crush It and Force Over Time. That's awesome. Um, so through Dece- the end of the day on December 2nd, you can still get 30% off any self-guided plan using the code TURKEY30. <laughs> and I still have six and 12 week plans on sale as well for you to get started in February and Hell beyond. Yeah. So December, January are booked up. I don't have many spots left in February, but if you do want to snag a training plan for a custom plan for a discount and you want to start in the first half of the year, this is the best deal you're going to get on that. So, so get do on it. it. So <laughs> do it, hit me up and you can find all the information about that in our show notes. And I think that's, that's what's up at this point. So yeah. More to come, cool. but that's well, it. Well, that's it. Uh, I had so much fun in Bishop with you, Caitlin. I'm so excited to live at your house. I'm... Oh, the content we will create. <laughs> wow, oh, everybody get ready. Be fun. We are going to be unhinged. We're going to be strong as fuck because oh my Caitlin's going to go rock climbing and yep. she's also going to make sure I don't pass out. Yeah, we're basically power A lot of responsibility, team. but yeah. we're going to get gonna really strong. It. And I'm Accountability gonna... is key. <laughs> yep, and I am going to boulder on some boulders i'm yep. so excited i'm gonna su- i'm such a lucky little piece of shit i get to go to so many like <laughs> world-class bouldering areas just my little dumb sport climber self doesn't even realize like how cool the places i'm going to are i realize it i'm well, so lucky i'm be, so excited you'll realize in waco you'll be like oh this is the birthplace of the b grade damn it <laughs> yeah or i don't know or i'm just like whatever some rock climbs are hard for me and some are easy for me and some people give them grades that i don't think make any goddamn sense yeah, and that's rock climbing i'm gonna so. take you to some classics and we're gonna just be like loosely this is what it is but just yes. try it because i'm so excited yeah i'm very well, excited it's gonna be a good time so. yeah well welcome to my journey into becoming a boulder this winter everyone it's gonna be a fascinating journey to follow <laughs> i'll keep sharing along the way but cool cool i think we can shut her down um and until next time everyone keep, keep it, it average, average. oh late on purpose that was oh shit i think it might be a delay on it's the zoom delay it's been the zoom delay the whole time we'll get it yeah. on we'll get it when we're in person we'll do it but yes in any case all right good story all Peace right out, cub scout yeah Lauren here. We hope you learned from our mistakes. We sure did. Now, I'll close us out with some exciting announcements and our production credits. Feel like you're ready to take more control in your climbing journey? Starting to think about your 2023 plans to crush your climbing goals? Then get psyched because Goodspray is having a training plan sale and the deals end after December 2nd. Whether you want custom coaching or a self-guided plan, don't miss out on these rowdy deals. 
Tap the link in the show notes to learn more about good spray training options. Interested in one-on-one nutrition coaching with Caitlin? Now is a great time to get started because come 2023, Caitlin is making some big changes and that includes pricing. So if you want to learn more about working with Caitlin, tap the link in the show notes. The Average Climber podcast is hosted by me, Lauren, and my co-host, Caitlin. You can find us on Instagram at The Average Climber Podcast for antics between episodes and updates on when new episodes are coming out. You can also find me on Instagram at Coaching and Caitlin on her Instagram over at Dirtbag Nutritionist. This show is produced by Josh Hayfley with our favorite furry production assistant, Stubby the Corky. The music for this episode was created and produced by Devin Dabney. The Average Climber Podcast is a part of the Plug Tone Audio Collective. Head on over to PlugToneAudio.com to learn more about the other great shows on the network.